0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into the LakersNation.com podcast. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane over on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. Lots to talk about today revolving around the free agent market some changes on the market that have impacted things unfortunately not in a good way for your Los Angeles Lakers so we're going to talk about what's going on at the center position what's happening at point guard with a few players already coming off the board and what that means for the Lakers and how they're going to build out that roster moving forward remember free agency starts up June 30th but because of that It's all the more important that you do subscribe right here to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Ring that notification bell as well. Going to keep you as up to date as we can with everything going on in the world of Lakers free agency as they build out their roster. On top of that, podcast listeners over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, certainly would appreciate that five-star rating and review. Always great going through there and reading all the kind words people have been putting in the Apple Podcast reviews. And it's a great way to help out the show as well. All right, let's dive into everything, though. And what I need to start with today, you know, we have to dig a little bit deeper because my topic is D'Angelo Russell. What is going on with D'Lo? Should the Lakers keep him? And I think it requires that we go a little bit further. And when we do that, you guys know that means it's time for our More Than Meets the Eye segment. More Than Meets the Eye, sponsored by Oakley. More Than Meets the Eye, sponsored by Oakley. Head over to oakley.com. Pick up your pair of Oakley sunglasses. Let's talk about D'Angelo Russell and his fit with the Lakers. I think he is one of the more polarizing Lakers that we've seen in the last few years. I've got a lot of Lakers fans that message me every single day saying, can we get rid of D'Lo? Can we sign and trade him? Just let him walk. This guy is not it. Why all the negativity around a player that averaged over 17 points per game, better than six assists per game, had just over two turnovers per game, shot over 40% from three? I mean, my goodness, don't all of these things sound exactly like the kind of numbers you would hope a guard would put up on this Lakers team, a Lakers team that has been starving for three-point shooting, and here's D'Lo shooting better than 40% from three, and yet here are Lakers fans saying, get rid of this guy. Well, the problem is that the numbers that I listed are regular season numbers. If you look at what he did in the playoffs, well, let's just say the wheels fell off just a little bit. Now, D'Lo was fine in the first round against the Memphis Grizzlies. Not quite as good as the regular season, but, but just fine. And look, that's to be expected, right? Numbers tend to drop during the postseason because defensive intensity picks up. Teams are scheming for specific Teams, they know their sets. They know what they like to run. Things get shut down more often defensively. Just the game bogs down. It's why we say defense wins championships. All right, so numbers dropping a little bit in the postseason. No big deal. We expect that. But against the Golden State Warriors, D'Lo's three-point percentage definitely dipped down to the low 30% from 41%. And then against the Denver Nuggets, oh, no. 13%. From three for D'Angelo Russell. 32% from the field. Yikes. Yikes, yikes, yikes for D'Angelo Russell. And because of that, because of that, this is the most important point of the season, right? You're in the Western Conference Finals. There's a chance to go win a championship. And D'Angelo Russell has his worst stretch of the season. And so because of that, this is a very noisy Bad stretch for D'Lo. It's very loud, right? It's not like he had a rough stretch in December. None of us would remember that if he had four bad games in December, right? And obviously he wasn't on the team in December, so that would be part of it too. But even if he had if he had a bad few games at some point and then he was great in the playoffs, nobody would care. Nobody would care, right? But here, these are your four most important games of the season. And uh, he did not play well. I think there's two things we need to consider here, though. Two things we need to consider. So D'Angelo Russell, and I think this is a factor for whether or not the Lakers should resign him. Again, he's got those great numbers during the regular season. I don't think you just sweep this under the rug, the postseason struggles. But I look at things from a historical perspective, right? That's my background. I Four games. I know that's too small of a sample size. I can't look at that and make any kind of determination of who this guy is as a basketball player off of four games. I can't look at that and say, this guy is awful. Get rid of him. I think part of that is an emotional response. Fans are living and dying with every possession in the playoffs. Every possession matters so much. Again, these are very loud, bad games for D'Angelo Russell. And so they're going to really stick out and they're going to really hurt from an emotional perspective. And here's the thing, like I love Lakers fans. So the best people I've ever met. Lakers Nation, you guys are incredible. Part of what makes Lakers Nation so incredible is the passion that fans have for this team. It's absolutely amazing. But it also means that when things go wrong, we're going to feel it that much more. Also means when things go right, we're going to feel it that much more. But that passion can turn to negativity very quickly when something goes this wrong. And so now you've got a lot of people saying, get rid of D'Angelo Russell. Clearly, it's not he's not it. He's not the guy this team needs. I don't think one playoff series is proof that that's the case. Especially when, again, he put up numbers that are very much in line with what you'd want to see. That said, I think the Lakers have to be careful. I know most of the time I've come out on the side of, bring back D'Angelo Russell and that's still ultimately where I land but I think the problem with D'Angelo Russell it's not that he's just a bad playoff performer I don't think we've got a big enough sample size to say that it's not that he's not athletic enough I think the issue with D'Angelo Russell is the same issue as we have with Malik Beasley it's the same issue that we've seen in the past with Duncan Robinson for the Miami Heat. It's the same issue the Lakers had with Reggie Bullock. It's the same issue the Lakers had with Mike Muscala. It's that most of his value comes from his shooting. And we don't tend to think of D'Angelo Russell as being that guy. Why? Because he puts up six assists per game. And he can throw some flashy passes. But you look at what he does. You go into cleaning the glass, and look, the Lakers were great with D'Angelo Russell on the floor, according to cleaning the glass. He was one of the better guards in the NBA. But when the shot's not falling, there's not a lot else. He ranked in the 13th percentile at his position in defensive rebounding percentage. 28th percentile at his position in offensive rebounding possession percentage so he's not giving you anything on the glass he's not helping you out there more than you would expect somebody at his position in fact he's a little bit worse than most players at his position his assists yeah those are helpful but he's not the guy that's going to every possession break down a defense and then rifle a pass out to a shooter for an open look he's not creating looks for guys constantly on on his own and I think that shows when it's him as the, the guy on the floor he has trouble kind of taking over a game. He's probably at his be- at best used used as like the fourth best player on the floor, maybe the third best player on the floor. If he has to be the guy, you're in some trouble, right? Because that athleticism issue that I, that I talked about, but he's not going to create a bunch of looks for everybody else, right? He's not, you know, if Chris Paul, when he was in his prime, if he had a bad shooting night, well, he's going to give you great defense, He's going to set up everybody else. That's not D'Lo. He's not going to give you great defense. He's not going to set up everybody else and drop 15 dimes or something like that. Think about Steve Nash. If he had an off shooting night, which was rare, but if he did, all right, but he's going to, he's going to throw the ball all over the floor. He's going to get the ball to everybody in all the right spots and be the engine. That's not really what D'Lo is going to be. Part of what makes D'Angelo Russell such a good fit with the Lakers is he can play on or off the ball. He can play point guard or he can play shooting guard. He's just a guard But he's not a pure point guard, which means you don't get the pure point guard stuff if the shot's not falling. He's not big enough or quick enough to be a plus defender. So it's not like a Contavious Caldwell Pope at the two where if the shot's not falling, hey, that's not good, but he's going to play great defense. Or Danny Green back in the day at the two who's going to play great defense even if the shot's not falling. Like one of the issues with D'Lo is so much of his value is dependent upon the shot falling and when it does it can be great. 89th percentile per shot attempt this last season for the Lakers according to Cleaning the Glass. The Lakers were significantly better in the regular season by over 12 points per 100 possessions with D'Angelo Russell on the floor than off. When the shot's falling, he can be very good and he could be a big factor in your team winning basketball games. But I think the Lakers have to bake that in to the price that they're willing to pay for him, knowing that if he goes on a cold stretch, you could be paying $30 million for a guy who you can't really put on the floor. Because if the shot's not falling, you're not getting much else. Even look at the Lakers, this is the roster for last season, Dennis Schroeder, Austin Reeves. What if their shot wasn't falling? What could they do? Well, they could still manufacture points by getting to the free throw line. Both both of them. So crafty. So crafty. Did such a great job getting to the free throw line. D'Angelo Russell averages three free throw attempts per game for his career and shot the mid-70s percentage-wise. Now, I think he's really a little bit better free throw shooter than, than that, but nonetheless, he doesn't get there very much. So again, if the shot's not falling he has a hard time getting himself to the free-throw line to help manufacture points. Austin, Dennis, both of them, shots not falling, they can get to the free-throw line. They can put their opponents in foul trouble. They add that extra value. D'Lo, it really just comes down to whether or not the shot is dropping. And I think the Lakers, again, you got to bake that in to the price. But there's a bit more. Again, we dig deeper in this topic. See, here's the thing. Signing D'Angelo Russell or not signing D'Angelo Russell It's a decision that is not going to be made in a vacuum. And the point guard market, it just got a little more difficult. So while some may say bringing back D'Angelo Russell is not the right move for the Lakers, when you look at the context of the market, a problem pops up. And yes, I was just saying that you got to be careful with how much you give D'Angelo Russell, and I think that's still true. And you have to understand what he really is as a player. And that is a guy who is largely dependent on his shot dropping, the jumper dropping. The jumper did not drop against the Denver Nuggets. It wasn't playable. That's the risk. We see it fall in other games, and he's great. Shooting percentages are not always a sticky stat, though, particularly from three. And so that's the risk you're taking with d But here's the thing, the other risk. If you let him walk away, who are you replacing him with? What's on the market? I put the, the free agent point guards up there from Track. Chris Paul just got traded to the Golden State Warriors the other day. He's no longer on the market. He was the fallback. The safety net. That was going to catch the Lakers, in theory, should things not work out with D'Lo or Dennis or Dennis Schroeder. But look at this list. Kyrie Irving, not getting him, right? He's going to stay with Dallas. That's extremely unlikely. Fred Van Vliet. I know Lakers fans watching on YouTube are pointing, go, no, 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 Fred Van Vliet. Number two, just double sign and trade D'Lo. Done. There it is. You got your point guard. Ah, here's the problem. So Fred Van Vliet, I've, I've said, I think is a better point guard than D'Angelo Russell. I think he's a better player than D'Angelo Russell, I should say. Because D'Lo bristles at the term point guard. And I get why. I get why. But nonetheless, I think Fred Van Vliet, big, again, historian, big picture, Fred Van Vliet's the better player than D'Lo. You look at just this past season, you could argue. Argue one or the other. Big picture, Fred Van Vliet, I think, is the better player. You can make an argument for why you would want to go get Fred Van Vliet instead of Delo. But there's a couple things you have to consider. Fred Van Vliet's probably going to get, what? what's the rumor? 28 million plus. That's what he wants. What if Delo costs you 20? Do you want to pay almost thirty, uh, a third more to get Fred Van Vliet? Because there's going to be consequences to that in terms of what else you can put on your roster. That's a question, first and foremost. But then beyond that, think about what it takes. To pull off a double sign and trade. It's so easy, right? We point to and we just we just say, Oh, just double sign and trade. Fred Van Vliet. There you go. Lane, what are you talking about? Why do you think this is such a big, a big issue? Why should they keep D They can just get Fred Van Vliet. It's simple. Boom. Problem solved. This is why. Do the Lakers want to pay Fred Van Vliet 28 million plus? Do the Raptors want to pay D'Angelo Russell? whatever it's going to cost to get him. Do the Raptors want D'Lo? Does D'Lo want to go to the Raptors? Does Fred Van Vliet want to go to the Lakers? You have to answer yes to all of those questions just to put you in a situation where a double sign and trade is even possible. Do the Lakers want to trigger a hard cap by bringing in Fred Van Vliet in a sign and trade? That's another thing you have to decide. How many years do the Lakers want to pay Fred Van Vliet, on a four-year deal, is that what it takes to get him? Do the Raptors, are they willing to give D'Angelo Russell the number of years it's going to take to get him? It's so easy to just say, oh, that's it. That's all you have to do is just double sign and trade. Those are very, very difficult because you have four parties involved here that all have to agree in order to make this work. That's difficult. That's difficult. It's different with Austin Reeves is going to be a restricted free agent. Oh, no. The Magic offered him $75 million over four years. There's one opinion that matters there. The Lakers. That's it. One opinion matters. The Lakers decide whether Austin's going to be a Laker or an Orlando Magic in that situation. Nobody else matters. In this, a double sign and trade, you have four opinions that matters. You're trying to get everything to line up. So is it likely that you make that happen? No, it's just like just like how the saying around the NBA is three-team deals are where trades go to die. Pulling off a two-team trade is difficult enough. Pulling off a three-team trade, when you have the opinions of three different teams put in, it's very difficult. It happens, but it's not easy. It's not easy to do. So, Fred Van Vliet, I wouldn't just assume that that's what's going to happen d is number three on the list. Are you replacing him with someone better? If you can't get Kyrie, you can't get Fred VanVleet. No, probably not. Probably not. And then we look at the rest of those. Patrick Beverly, not happening. Russell Westbrook. Yeah, definitely not happening. Dennis Schroeder. He's next. and He's the other incumbent guard for the Lakers. Gabe Vincent. Are you getting him? Probably not. Probably going to stay in in Miami. Maybe if you want to burn your whole mid-level on him, maybe, maybe Javon Carter, I like Javon Carter a lot, but what's it going to take to pry him away from Milwaukee? Probably got to give him more money than what Milwaukee will. So are you going to give him your biannual exception? Maybe, maybe a taxpayer mid-level. That's what you're looking at. So losing D'Angelo Russell The problem for the Lakers with Chris Paul off the market is it's not very easy to identify a replacement, particularly a a replacement that's even just a straight-across swap, let alone a replacement where you can say, hey, we got better by doing this. So when we look at D'Lo, yeah, he's a guy who a lot of his value comes from his shot and whether or not that shot is falling. But it's hard to see who they turn to elsewhere on the market now that chris paul is off so i think it comes down to this if you're the lakers you probably want to bring back d'angelo russell you could have made the argument that if chris paul is there and the contract for d is getting a little crazy or you've got some opportunities elsewhere you could go get chris paul You can move on from d maybe you can find a sign and trade if not you can do something with a little bit extra flexibility and off you go i think with chris paul off the market Again, the context of the point guard market says you stick with D'Lo. Now, even if you're not a fan of his, you could always flip him post-December 15th. You could trade him down the line. I don't think letting him go for nothing makes sense based on the way the market looks now. That's a little bit long in terms of a more than meets the eye segment, but I think it's important that we understand not only what is D'Angelo Russell really, And where is his value coming from, and the risk that's inherent with giving him the kind of contract that he's going to want, but also the context of the market that's around him in order to understand whether or not the Lakers should really bring him back. Pause for just a moment to talk about. Game time. Ticket buying can be a very stressful experience. Personally, I am always trying to make sure that I'm getting the best deal. And that's not always easy to know. You have to go fully through the checkout process. Sometimes one app will say one thing, another app won't give you the final price until the end. It is a nightmare. But buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer deals on last minute tickets and a best price guarantee so you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun, that you are going to have. Forget about planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. So you suddenly find yourself with a little bit of time, you have some friends that wanna go do something, grab tickets on Game Time. Game time, the guarantee means that you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. That's how confident they are in their best price game time guarantee. It is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You even get images of your receipt before you buy so you know exactly what to expect. When you arrive, snag tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use the code LakersNation for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem the code Lakers Nation for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today, last minute tickets, lowest price. Okay, there is one other thing we need to talk about here. And that's Nas Reed. So I mentioned that the market's getting more difficult for the Lakers. And you've got Nas Reed, who decided to sign a contract extension with the Minnesota Timberwolves. And look, this makes a lot of sense for Nas. He got a three-year deal, $42 million. So essentially, what the Wolves did, and by the way, D'Lo can sign a contract extension with the Lakers. Before he even hits free agency, he can sign a contract extension as well. He's extension eligible. So that's something to look for over the next few days. Could happen. Could have. I'm not saying it's going to, but could. But Nas Reed signed this extension with the Wolves um, because it gets him more money than most teams would be willing to give him or be able to give him. Like the, Let's say the Lakers. I thought Nas Reed would be a great fit for the Lakers. The most they were going to be able to give him was their mid-level exception, a little over $12 million. Um, what the Wolves did was they said, we don't want you to test the market. We don't want you to listen to any other teams. So what we're going to do is most teams are going to give you $12 in change. We're going to give you a little bit more than that. In exchange for, we're going to pay you more in exchange for you not listening to anybody else. Take our offer right now. Don't listen to anybody else. And it makes sense for Nas. He got a player option on the third year. So he's got to be thinking, okay, I'll be like 26 when the contract is potentially up, when he could opt out. He's got that extra security of the player option in there, too. So things don't go the way he wants. He still has another year under contract with that player option. But if they do go the way that he wants, two years, he can opt out and then cash in on another big deal. In the meantime, he's getting more than he probably would have in free agency. Um, One of the trade-offs is he's not going to go start for a team because the Wolves still have Rudy Gobert, still have Carl Anthony Towns. So he's not going to be their starter. Maybe the Lakers could have said, hey, here's a starting job for you. We can only give you 12. The Wolves are going to offer you a little bit more, but you can start for us. So he's passing up that, right, that potential opportunity. But again, I don't think this is a bad move for the Wolves. I think it makes sense. They didn't want to risk losing him, even though now they're paying over $90 million for just the center position um, for three players, which is crazy. But nonetheless, they didn't want to let Nas walk for nothing. Nas Reed got a pretty good deal out of it, probably better than what he was going to get on the market. For the Lakers, though, the problem that it presents is just like the point guard market. The center market is awfully thin. Brooke Lopez sitting at the top. You're not getting Brooke Lopez for the mid-level exception, and that's what the Lakers are going to have to offer. Now, maybe Sam Quinn from CBS had a idea where you could potentially drop below the cap by renouncing a bunch of your guys, including D'Angelo Russell, and get to like $18 million or so to offer Brooke Lopez. I think the first question you have to ask is, does Brooke Lopez want to be a Laker? Does he want to go back to the franchise that didn't believe in him years ago when he wanted to take a discount, wanted to take a team-friendly deal to stay in LA, and the Lakers said, "No, nah, we're good. Does he really want to go back to that team? That's a question, first and foremost. If he does, what's it going to cost to get him, right? You're not going to get him for the mid-level exception. He'd be a great fit. He'd be wonderful. But you're just not, especially after the the deal Nas Reed just signed. There's no way Brook Lopez has taken less, less than what Nas Reed got. So he's probably not available. Nikola Vucevic, probably going to stick with Chicago. Jakob Pertl, he's a free agent. But the Raptors gave up real assets to get him. He's probably staying there. And again, you're not getting him for a mid-level exception. Christian Wood, Mason Plumley, Maybe you can get those guys for a mid-level. But guess what? You look at the center market. Nas Reed now off the board. Supply and demand. What happens? Supply goes up, goes down. Demand either stays the same or goes up. What happens to price? It goes up. That's the way it goes. That's what happens. Uh, think about the gas crisis in the 1970s. when Those prices spiked anything really. Uh, Think about action comics, right? The, The first appearance of Superman. Why is that comic book valuable? Well, is demand high? Yes, because most people would like to have the first Superman comic ever, right? But the reason why price is so high is not just because demand is high, it's because supply is low. There's not that many of them and therefore they're worth a ton. If there were millions of copies out there, would people still want them? Yeah, demand would still be high. People would want them would the price be high? No, because supply would be high as well. In this case, demand for a center on the market, I think, is fairly high. This is not a typical offseason, and the supply is low. Christian Wood and Mason Plumlee could wind up getting deals that we're not expecting them to, which puts the Lakers in a tricky situation. In years past, the last three, four years of free agency, we've been saying, look, the center position is becoming like running back in the NFL where you can just kind of go grab a guy and off you go and you're good. You don't have to spend a bunch of money at the position. The Lakers, look, DeMarcus Cousins, up, oh, Torres ACL. All right, Dwight Howard, veteran minimum, let's go and we're good and, and off you go. That's not really out there anymore. Not in not this particular class. So, what do you do? If you're the Lakers, we've been talking about the need to find a center to play next to Anthony Davis. I don't know if you're going to find somebody on the trade market. Don't say miles Turner. The Pacers aren't trading him. Why would they on his new contract? It's a great deal. It's a declining deal. He's only got two years left and they just drafted a power forward to play next to miles Turner. I don't think they're trading him. So what do you do? If you're the Lakers finding that guy to play center, that allows Anthony Davis to shift to the four a decent chunk of the time, at least in the big physical matchups, it's not going to be easy. Even look Thomas Bryant, you're not bringing him back, right? That's not going to happen. He asked for a trade, Dwight Powell. He's okay. I guess. Is he playing with AD? Probably not. Doesn't have the shooting ability to do it. Even if you said, look, let's get a big physical guy that can deal with some of the strength of some of these other players. Andre Drummond, let's bring him back. He's got a player option that he might pick up. He's talked about wanting to stay with the Bulls. He's not even necessarily going to be on the market. So I think where we're at for the Lakers at the center position, Nas, Nas Reed is gone. Brooke Lopez is unlikely. I think you either have to be willing to make a big trade to really push some chips in and go after a center or you're going to have to be willing to kind of piece things together, piece things together. The point guard position is different, right? With point guard, you just drafted a guy who knows, like worst case, if you kept D'Lo, but you lost Dennis Schroeder, maybe, maybe Jalen hood, Shafino can step in to the backup minutes. We're driven by
0: the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate is Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Maybe. 17th pick. I don't think you want to go into the season necessarily depending on him, but at least you've got that option, right? At center, you don't really have that fallback maybe you bring back mobamba but that's not even pro- a proven thing there right so and, and you definitely don't have that guy that you can rely on if you bring back dilo you at least have a starting point guard you can put in there if it's mobamba that's your guy i don't think he's necessarily a starter in theory his skill set fits next to anthony davis but the idea of Mo has always been better than Mo himself as a player. So I think what you do if you're the Lakers is if you can't find that trade for a center to play next to AD, you try to find a couple of guys that offer different looks. Try to get one big physical guy for a cheap price. Try to get one guy who might be a little bit smaller but can shoot the three. And again, the prices for these guys might go up. So what would that look like? So ideally, you'd like a Brooke Lopez who can do both those things. Big, physical, great rim protector, shoots a three, probably priced out on him. Probably priced out. But if you can take those skill sets and recreate them in the aggregate, maybe that's a cheaper way to go in this market. So I look at like Drew Eubanks who can at least protect the rim a little bit. Not going to shoot the three, but can protect the rim a bit, 26 years old, Can you get him on a cheaper deal? What about Kevin Love, who I'm not super high on given his age, but if you found a rim-protecting center, could he be your floor-spacing option to turn to? What about Mo Wagner? Could he be that? It starts running thin very quickly, though. Bismack Biombo, could you pry, pry him away from the Suns? to have him as a rim-protecting option. Again, none of these names that I'm mentioning scream starter. But this may be where the Lakers are at. You just kind of have to piece it together. Get one guy who can be the big physical guy who you could throw for 10, 15 minutes onto a Joel Embiid or something like that, onto a Jonas Valanciunas, and get another guy that can provide the floor spacing when the situation calls for that. That may be where the Lakers are at at the center position at this point because... Nas Reed, who was really the fit who could maybe do a bit of both, be physical enough to defend and shoot the three, he's already gone and the market is so, so thin. By the way, this is part of the reason why this exact market and the situation the Lakers are in right now, where you don't really know whether or not Mo Bamba can be that guy. This is part of why Colin Castleton turned down offers to go to other teams so he could join the Lakers because the Lakers' center position is in flux, particularly behind AD. We don't know what they've got. You could bring back winning Gabriel, right? Maybe, but there's opportunity here. There's opportunity. Now, Castleton blocked three shots per game for Florida. Decent rebounder. Actually, really good run in the floor. Does Passes the ball like a big man typically doesn't. He's interesting. I would never project an undrafted free agent to suddenly be getting rotation minutes, but this exact conundrum that the Lakers are in at the center position is why Castleton said, I want to go to LA. It's a big part of it anyway. Because there's potentially opportunity here. Now that Reed is off the board, the Lakers' job at the center position became more difficult. With Chris Paul off the board, their job, their leverage at the, the point guard position got worse. Free agency hasn't started yet. And I don't mean to be doom and gloom. look, <laughs> Everybody was saying it was going to take two first-round picks just to get Russell Westbrook off the Lakers' roster. They did much better than that, right? Sometimes the Lakers just find a way. I'm not trying to say don't be optimistic, but these two moves at two positions potentially of need for the Lakers, Nas Reed, Chris Paul going off the board, because of how thin this market is already, may have made Rob Palenka's job significantly more difficult this year free agency, which again, starts up in just a few days. So we're going to keep an eye on what is, how do the Lakers respond to the center position? Do you just try to piece together a couple of guys to get you through the year? Do you go after a big swing for a, for a center out there on the trade market? And if so, who is that? Who is that that can shoot the three and fit next to, and therefore fit next to Anthony Davis? Do they go into the season planning on just having AD be their center again? And then what are you willing to do to keep D'Angelo Russell and not let him walk away? Because replacing him with another point guard could be very, very difficult based on the market. Again, these are challenges. They're not insurmountable. These aren't problems that the Lakers can't solve. But they're problems that we're going to keep an eye on. That we're going to keep an eye on as we head into free agency As we get into Summer League, we're going to be keeping an eye on all of these things for the Lakers. But Lakers Nation, I want to thank you guys for joining me today. Make sure you do subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Ring that notification bell as well. Give me your thoughts. What should the Lakers do at point guard, given how thin the market is? And what should they do at center? Again, given how thin the market is, both positions, even thinner, with Nas Reed, Chris Paul, Off the board early. What do you do if you're LA and you need dependable help at both those positions? Give me your thoughts in the comments down below. Till next time, everybody. See you and stay safe.
2: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality.